welcome to the Fit Mom Life to the Fullest podcast, where we focus on how we can improve our physical health so that we can enjoy the life God has called us to, to the absolute fullest. Hello, ladies. Welcome to the first episode of 2022. It is January. It is exciting. I hope you are just as excited as I am for the new year, fresh start, all that stuff. I love new seasons. I love the start of the year. I love that fall reset in September. I am big into kind of just reassessing at the start of each season and kind of just not like overhauling your life, but editing and assessing, you know, what's working, what's not working. And very typically in the new year with that comes the idea of creating new habits. Um, Some might say resolutions, things you want to start or stop or whatever. So We're going to delve into that today. I'm excited. Thank you for joining me. If you are brand new here, welcome. My name is Brittany. I'm a Catholic wife and mom of three boys, four, two, and five months. And little five-month-year-old Sir is hanging out with me right now. So you're probably going to hear him a little bit in this episode. I run a fitmomlifetothefullest.com. I am a personal trainer, group fitness instructor, postpartum, and prenatal specialist, I have I met my husband that way. We both worked at the gym together as personal trainers. So fitness is a big part of our family culture and of our lives and our ministries and things like that. So anyways, uh, I am starting the beginner eight week challenge uh, that is kicking off this Monday. So there are definitely at the time of recording this a couple days ahead of when the episode airs, there are still spots left right now. I have about 10 left. I cap it at 25 women. If you've been listening for a while and trying to piece things together on your own, I just really encourage you to start here with this. I have other offerings, you know, this year as well. Other ways you can work with me. There's a monthly group. I always do one-on-one. I take a couple of clients, but This eight-week challenge, I teach you everything you need to know about tracking macros. We go through one by one thing at a time, like problems that you're going to come across using my fitness pail. We use just the free version of my fitness pail. It's really simple. I set you up with a really good, solid, science-based and effective workout plan with full-length videos so you can just follow along. It's just a really great place to start. Hundreds of women have gone through it at this point, and it's really changed their mind around eating and around doing what your body needs, fueling your body properly. I just made a post earlier this week on how I used to work out a ton. I was running marathons and half marathons and teaching group fitness classes, and I didn't do anything else with my nutrition. I just was eating what I thought was quote-unquote healthy. And when I started tracking macros, I changed nothing about my workouts. Six months later, I looked very different. I had dropped like 5% body fat, and then it continued from there. That was only the first six-month span. It went on to losing actual body weight and more body fat and becoming even leaner and more toned looking. But the point was that I was doing just as much exercise before. So if you're you know coming into this new year thinking like, I just want to really get this ironed out, like being on a plan that I know is going to work, I really encourage you to maybe check us out. It's really fun. We go through again for eight weeks. There's weekly giveaways. So there's a focus area each week, like hitting your water, you know, ounces. And then for those that actually completed it, I draw a winner and I send some kind of prize every single week of the entire challenge. You check in with me every other week, so I'm actually looking at your food logs and giving you direct feedback, all that good stuff. So if you're interested, again, right now, I have about 10 spots left, so you can go to fitmomlifetothefullest.com to sign up or shoot me a message on Instagram, fitmomlifetothefullest, or 
email is great too, fitmomlikethefullest at gmail.com. For those of you who are listening who have done my challenges, thank you for coming to that little TED Talk in the beginning and sticking through it. You know, if you have been through it, you know that it is, you know, a good for someone to do. So thank you for bearing with it. But all right, into today's content, we are talking about five tips, like I said, for creating new habits and sticking to them. So it's very easy to come out of the gate very gung-ho, especially in January, and think, I am going to be super organized. I'm going to be super fit. I'm going to maximize all my free time. I'm going to learn a language. <laughs> like, Especially my type A ladies out there, raise your hands because you know you're doing that. I do that as well. So number one, start with one habit. Start with one habit at a time, especially if this is in the health and fitness realm. If you're thinking, I need to overhaul everything That can be very daunting. And the thing is, a lot of people think they're good at that. A lot of clients will say, no, I just want to do it all at once. And they go super gung-ho for a month and then crash and burn. And, you know, I've been there. I'm like that with decluttering or different things where I'm like, okay, I'm just going to do everything. And then I do it to like 80% and then totally never finish. That's generally what happens. Thinking of literally right now, my basement is like that. I was like, I'm going to declutter my basement. And I got it to 80%. And I still have a table of stuff on it because I just burned out after (laughs) going hard in the paint on it. So really, even if you think that's your personality and you're like, no, I just like to dive in and I'm going to meal prep and I'm going to work out and I'm going to drink the water. I'm going to do all of it at once. I just encourage you to take take a second, take a beat because it's very hard to have that kind of intensity in all areas of your life. So yeah, maybe you'll start doing really well health and fitness wise and your relationships are going to suffer. Your laundry is going to pile up. Like there's going to be other repercussions for giving so much time and energy to this. It's not as big a deal once the habits are rolling. It's really not. So, you know, for me to get my daily workout in is not at all the big project that would have been 10 years ago because I would have had to like, okay, I got to think about it. I've got to look up some Instagram videos and figure out what I'm doing and da-da-da. And now it's like, oh, I just have to work out at some point. Whether that's bringing a kettlebell up from the base, you know, like I can I can work it out then. It's, it's like any other habit that you have ironed out like that. Like maybe you always wash your sheets on the same day. You don't have to super think about it. Like, it's Friday. I got to wash my sheets. Or how long has it been since I washed my sheets? Like you just know, oh, it's Friday. I'm washing my sheets. I'm grabbing a teether for Duda. Anyways, so please try to just start with one thing. We do this in the program as well. We start with one. I don't give it all to you at the start of the program and say, for eight weeks, I want you to do all these things. Because again, after the eight weeks, if you even can maintain that intensity through eight weeks, you're probably going to be done with it after the program. It's going to be a one and done program that you never do again. And that's not what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be setting you up for lifelong habits. So pick one thing. If it is in health and fitness, then Maybe you are going to just focus on getting more protein in your diet the first week. And that's it. And then in a couple weeks, you will get, you'll start it in your workouts or something like that. So I also know there's a lot of science behind like 21 days being the magical amount of time that you need to create a new habit or a month or 90 days or whatever. I just encourage you to stick with the one until you feel like you have it down I do cruise through this a little bit at more of an accelerated pace in the group program where we do focus on a new habit the very next week, Um, you know, for the sake of trying to give you as much information as I can in the eight weeks. But I would just do it until it is actually a habit. Like if you did two whole weeks or even one whole week of doing it every single day, great. Then, you know, later in the next one when you're ready. Okay. Number two, 
pick one that's going to give you an immediate return. So I actually put an immediate ROI, immediate return on your investment. But pick something that's that's going to affect your life immediately because it's very hard to pick something that like you can't see the results right away. That is part of the difficulty with tracking macros in general is like, okay, I'm going to do this and I'm not going to see results for like a couple weeks. It's not as quick results as just doing a lot of cardio and dropping water weight. We like to see results and that's normal. That's a human thing to want to see results from something you're doing. It encourages you to keep doing it. So maybe that will, you know, loop back into the first one with the first thing that you're going to pick, picking that one habit. Something that is going to immediately make you feel better. Maybe that's cutting back on sugar right away. Maybe that is drinking more water right away. And I would obviously make that a lot more specific. In the program, we do 100 ounces of water. But if you are doing this on your own and you want to pick something, don't just say more because that's really, you know, vague. What's more water? Like another cup of water or whatever. Like set an actual ounce amount to meet daily. And you will have so much more energy. Your appetite won't be as out of control if your appetite's really high right now. So try to pick something that you're going to see an immediate bang for your buck on, right? I know. It's exciting. We cut two teeth this week. We being Judah cut his first two little baby teeth. And uh, there we go. Now he's going to nurse. So yeah, pick one that is going to give you some bang for your buck right away. This is uh, something that I picked up in decluttering tips because I've heard a lot and read a lot of decluttering books as well. I it's not that I like it sounds like I'm obsessed with organizing and decluttering. I'm not. There's my defense, but I there are so many parallels that you can draw from decluttering finances and your health that I'm like anytime I'm reading a book like that, I'm like, oh this makes sense. Like it's a a lot of it is habits, which I'm gonna do another aside there that Dave Ramsey you can love him or hate him because a lot of people do. But he often says that personal finance is 80% behavior, 20% head knowledge. Could not agree more with fitness and nutrition as well. A lot of people have the knowledge. And if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you probably have a lot of the knowledge. It's just 80% behavior. So anyway, that's what we're working on today with habits, obviously. So pick one that's going to give you some change immediately. Some, you know, like applause, if you will, for lack of a better term there. Something to keep you moving forward. So um, I've read, again, different decluttering books that have said, like, start with the room that you use the most or start with something that doesn't have a lot of emotional attachment. So like your medicine cabinet or whatever. But then I heard the idea of starting with what is going to, like, make you wipe your brow at first. Like, whew, thank God that's clean. Like, I don't have to worry about that again. Like, that it will actually give you joy when you look at it. I didn't get this from Marie Kondo, so I didn't really want to use the phrase, it gives you joy. But, um, so for me, that might be, like, a kitchen drawer that I use a lot that every time I open it, I'm like, oh, this is a wreck, you know? So I'd start with that drawer so that if I use it five times a day, I'm opening it going like, ah, five times a day instead of, ugh, five times a day. (laughs) You get what I mean? So pick the first habit that you think is going to help you feel better and start with that. Okay. Number three, this one I totally stole as well. Pair it with something that you already do. So pairing is a technique that I heard from Gretchen Rubin, who is an author who has written extensively 
on the topic of habits. Tons of studies. She's done tons of research in this field. So I'm absolutely not going to pretend that I am her or claim any of her knowledge as my own. But I have read many of her books. And Better Than Before is one of them. There's even one, though, that I read before that. It came out before that. That was really helpful. And um, she has a podcast as well. I haven't listened to in years, but she was hers was one of the first podcasts I ever listened to like five years ago. Um, it used to be called The Happiness Project. No, The Happiness Project, I think, was a book as well. Hmm. Don't remember the name of the podcast, but Happier, I think that was the podcast. Um, and it was just about, you know, different tips to make your life more streamlined and happier and whatnot. But one of her tips in one of her habit books is to pair a new habit with something you already do. And this just makes sense because instead of trying to fit a whole nother habit, a whole nother routine in there, if you can attach it to something that's already part of your routine, it's going, it's more likely to get done. You're more likely to remember to do it. So this is one that I usually try to um, suggest to clients to do with tracking because when you're new to tracking macros and you need to start putting your day of food into my fitness pail, it can be hard to remember to do it because you're just not used to it. You're not used to having to do that step, right? You might be used to picking the food, grocery shopping for the food, preparing the food, but you are not used to actually logging it in. And as we get in to either working together one-on-one or in a program, I am going to ask you to do that ahead of time, right? That's what you need to do. If you've listened to me before, I've said that as a just a tip if you're doing this solo too. You can't just log as you go because then you have no idea, no control over if it's all going to fit at the end of the day. The point is to actually make it fit your targets. So I suggest doing it the day before or several days before, like if you just want to log four days in a row or your whole week on the weekend before the week starts, whatever. But I suggest pairing it with something. So this is where you can find where it works for you. I have suggested to some clients to the when they're making dinner to log the next day or when they are brushing their teeth to go ahead and log the next day or when they are sitting down making their grocery list to then go in after they made their grocery list and just log the entire week. That also helps because if you are trying to figure out what your grocery list is going to be for the week and you're like, okay, what should I do for breakfast if I'm doing this for dinner? It helps to see if it's actually going to fit. So that's actually a better way to do it is logging it all out, making sure it works, then grocery shopping for it. Because then you can tweak right along. If you were planning to do, you know, overnight oats for breakfast and something more carby for dinner, like homemade pizza with wheat crust or something, you might see like, oh, I'll be way over in my carbs that day. So actually, if I'm going to do whole wheat pizza for dinner, then I should probably just do a shake or an omelet or something more protein and fat for breakfast. So that obviously is just an example of a way that you can pair is just by doing macro tracking with something you already have, but you can, you know, put this with anything else. If you are going to start working out for the first time or start doing cardio that you have not done before, but you do typically watch a show on Netflix at night or, you typically watch the news or whatever it is. I wouldn't suggest doing that as part of your health and fitness routine. I don't watch the news for my mental health, but I digress. Um, maybe that maybe it looks like that. Maybe it looks like pairing. You're going to watch a show with riding your stationary bike for 20 minutes or walking on your treadmill for 20 minutes or something like that. Okay, next make. So you've you've picked your one habit. You're getting it started. You picked one that 
is going to give you an immediate bang for your buck. You can see some effects of it right away so that you're inspired to continue on. You're going to pair it with something so that you're more likely to actually get it done. Now, next I suggest making a visual reminder. So you might have the best intentions of getting this habit down. You're like, I'm setting myself up for success. Then you just honestly totally forget about it. This is very common. I mean, so many of us do this. I do this with, I okay, this is such a weird example, but because I'm staring out my window. I really like the idea of hanging my laundry on a laundry line in the summer. And I put it up every summer and I'm super excited to do it. And I'm like, yes, I'm going to just air dry the sheets and air dry our towels. Like this is going to be so great. And for the last three summers, I have used it maybe twice a summer. And that is so maybe this actually this past summer might have been more like five times. But I can tell you that I did not use it as much because I would just forget. I would go down to do the laundry and I'd just throw it in the dryer without thinking about it. And then later I'd be like, oh man, I could have, you know, dried those on the line today. It's a beautiful day. I had absolutely no plan in place to actually start doing this as a habit. So next summer, what I need to do is once I throw the laundry in the washer, maybe put my laundry basket like right by the door so that I remember when I go get it, I'm going to bring it right outside or honestly put a post-it on my washing machine, like bring outside and something like that. I don't know why I haven't done that. Sometimes we just need to talk things out because as I'm saying it, like that was really an easy fix. But whatever, you know, you're struggling to implement or you're, you know, just hoping to implement, don't wait till you struggle. Just do this right from the beginning. Think of what is gonna be helpful to you to see it. So for me, I definitely am more a, I, if I could put a post-it right on the thing, that would be best, okay? <laughs> like put a post-it on the mirror that says, or on my toothbrush that says, track your macros. Like, so I know I'm doing it with that until it becomes a habit. But you could do this a variety of ways because I understand like I don't want to put post-its all over where people are gonna see it either. A post-it on my washing machine isn't a big deal, but I don't want, you know, you know, we don't want to clutter up our houses either. So it might be the background of your phone It might even be, yeah, technically not a visual reminder, I guess, but setting an alarm. You know, I've had clients have to do that for drinking water who they just cannot get their ounces in otherwise that I don't want you to live your life by alarms. I know I've had, I've trained clients who have like a bad experience, who have had bad experiences with being told to set their phone alarm to eat. And the purpose was, you know, to make sure allegedly that their metabolism stayed rubbing. And they were told by trainers to eat every you know hour and a half or every three hours and to set their phone. And there's some science to that. I get where that comes from, like utilizing protein synthesis and making sure your body is getting you know the optimal protein spikes and stuff in there. I do not do that. I do not subscribe to that. I don't want you to live your life according to alarms. But if you need a little bit reminder when a little bit of a reminder when you're starting out with some of these, that wouldn't be the worst thing. I could apply that to my last example too and you know, when I set my, or when I throw in the laundry, I could set my phone timer for 45 minutes and label it, bring laundry outside, right? I just did that. I hosted Christmas at my house and I had like seven phone alarms in there. It was like 3.45, preheat the oven, 4.15, lasagna's in, whatever, because I knew I was going to get distracted um, since we were opening gifts first with my family and then eating. So, you know, use what's going to work for you. I've also done this with just my phone background, maybe... I'll go with the water example again. You just set your phone wallpaper to drink more water or literally a picture of water or a picture of a water bottle. 
I do that when I'm struggling with something usually more spiritually um, from time to time. I'll set my phone background to it so that I have that reminder every time I look at my phone. Okay, lastly, because little man's getting antsy anyways, <laughs> make it fun and or reward yourself for a job well done. And I think part of this depends on personalities because some of us really do well with external rewards and some of us aren't as motivated by that. But again, this is kind of a twofold one, so it's kind of a bonus tip in there. Number one, you could just try to make the actual task that you're doing fun. If you're, the habit that you're trying to create is doing a load of laundry a day or staying on top of your laundry by doing two loads every other day or whatever it is, but you just, the reason you slide on it is because you hate folding it and put it away. Make it a game. Like set your timer and see if you can fold all of your laundry and get it put away by a certain time. Or pair it with something that you, that's using another tip, but pair it with something that you like. Like a lot of you do have told me you listen to my podcast while you're folding laundry. I listen to podcasts while I'm folding laundry too. Like that's something that makes me enjoy folding the laundry so that it's not, I'm not just sitting there like, oh, this is the worst. You know, make it fun. Why not make it fun? And you can do that with a lot of things in health and fitness too. If you're, you are prepping some foods for the week and you need to brown up some ground turkey and throw some egg cups in the oven, listen to music, put on your favorite. That alone can absolutely turn my day around. Sometimes after nap time, it's the really, you know, that like bewitching hour while I'm getting dinner ready and I can notice that everybody's just a little bit on edge before dinner and they almost don't know what to do with themselves sometimes I feel like because it's just post-nap and they're like, I don't know, like do we launch into play? They want a lot of attention but I'm trying to do dinner or whatever and a lot of times I'll just throw on music and it changes the whole atmosphere and then I'm able to get things done. So And it makes it fun for me. It makes preparing dinner fun for me. That's my point of that. So can you find a way to, number one, make it fun when you're actually doing it? Maybe that is picking an exercise that you really like, like a form of exercise you enjoy. Maybe you really like doing, taking outdoor runs, but, you know, you've been making yourself do it inside. Maybe you can work it into your schedule there where once a week you know, maybe you can't do it every day, but maybe once a week you can get out there for a run and it's something you actually enjoy and look forward to. And in addition, maybe you can reward yourself for a job well done and sticking to this habit. Maybe if you do set the goal of drinking 100 ounces of water a day, you keep a little tracker just in the notes on your phone or on the little tally mark on a post-it. And if you can make it two weeks not missing a day, you get to buy yourself coffee or you get to buy a new water bottle or whatever. It might not be monetary because maybe that's not something that's feasible right now, but maybe it's you get to try out a new recipe you've been wanting to try or watch a show that you've been wanting to watch or whatever. Just think you can get creative with the rewards for sure. But, you know, there's nothing wrong with rewarding yourself when you have reached the goal. I don't (laughs) like when... We say that we're going to reward ourselves. And then if we miss the goal, like, oh, I only drank water three times this week, but I'm going to reward myself anyway. That is like participation trophy status where it's like, what is going to inspire you to actually hit the goal if you give yourself the prize anyway? So might have just lost Taffy on that one who are like, there is nothing wrong with participation trophies. But uh, in my book, there is because then you're not going to go for the goal. So anyways, Take what you will, as with all my podcast episodes, take what you want, leave the rest. I hope that one of these tips resonated with you. Again, I would really 
Atomic Habits is by far the best book I've read on creating and sticking habits, but Gretchen Rubin's work has just a lot of really easy tips like that, like pairing it with something you're already doing and that kind of thing. So definitely some good resources to check out. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you did, I'd love if you shared it with a friend or on social media or left a review if you have not thus far. And if you would like to join our uh, beginner macro and workout program, we are kicking off Monday. So head on over to sign up for that at fitmomlifetothefulls.com. All right, ladies, thank you so much. Until next time, have a great rest of your day. 